1: Welcome back to Journeyman. Today we are talking NBA draft drama, real goats versus personal goats, a possible intervention for KD's strange Twitter addiction, and so much more. Let's get it. Who are these guys? It's my theme music. Every good hero should have some.
0: This is an institution of learning, ladies and gentlemen. If you can't control it, how can you teach? Discipline is not the enemy of enthusiasm.
1: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Journeyman, brought to you by the good folks at the DraftKings Network and Metal Arc Media. I'm your host, Andrew Hawkins, seven-year NFL vet, 19-year holder of a Yahoo.com email, and a two-time pedestrian victim of being hit by a car. I am joined by my girl, Sid Colson, Las Vegas Aces. Uh, I would say you're the star of the team. I don't know if that's how you would categorize yourself, Sid, but... For me, that's that. That's what I. That's who I come to see. Sid, how you doing today?
2: Thank you. How you doing? I'm okay. What, was, you were hit by a car twice.
1: Twice, bro. Before the age of twelve, Where I got hit by you, a car what, twice.
2: What I, was going on in Cleveland?
1: It. It was well. One time, it was a, like I was like a curious kid. I feel like you were this kind of kid too, and you were doing stuff you wasn't supposed to be doing. And so the cars was like zooming by, and then we're crossing the street, and I'm like, I wonder what happens if I just stick my hand out. And so I stuck my hand out and got hit by, like, my arm. So much bad stuff could have happened. But that was the first time when I was five. The second time, I was 11. And my my black mama told me to stay at the house. And I'm like, I want to ride my bike, fam. And so I jumped on my bike and, like, was riding around the corner. And it was, like, a blind intersection where you can't see what's coming. So I zoomed into the street on my bike. And the car hits my back wheel, and I go airborne. I'm talking about I fly at least 15 to 20 feet, right, in the air doing flips. I land. The lady gets out the car. She's like, oh, my God, are you okay? It was right in front of this girl in our neighborhood, uh, Shannon Timmons. She was on her porch, and she just started bust out laughing. And so I like get, I'm like, i like, no, lady, I'm fine. It's all right. Don't worry about it. She's like, let me take you to the house. I'm like, no, I'm fine. I just got to go home. I just" Because I was so scared to get a whooping for leaving the house. That it did ever- not matter if I got hit by a car, and that's yeah. how I knew the power of of black mothers in America that it could heal all things. <laughs> just the the threat Sid. so that's my getting hit by a car story.
2: What? <laughs> <laughs> Why do you remember the girl's name? Did you have a crush on her?
1: Uh, no. Nah, she actually she was a really good basketball player. She would just give me buckets. We would, we would hoop every single day, and I couldn't beat Shannon until I was like seventeen. She ended up going to college to play basketball, but you know she lived down the street. We just hoop all day. That's what we did when we was young.
2: Oh, what is this story that you getting hit in the back? It reminded me of that scene in Superbad where he gets hit by the car. And <laughs> it, just <kind> of like...
1: <laughs> it was very much the same way. This is I'm just trying to give you a little glimpse of why I am the way I am. You know what I'm saying? I want you to I want you to get a real feel for why this person is this person, right? Yeah. I, things like that, Sid. So wh- where are you at in the world right now, Sid? I'm in Vegas. You're in Vegas. Oh, that's a perfect. That's a that's a perfect jumping off point because I seen a a, a tweet this week and I was like, new information to me from from Asia Asia Wilson, our our home girl. I, you guys didn't get to go to the White House
2: when you won the championship. No, we haven't gone yet. Like we didn't get. I think we just recently got the invite, but we were looking. We were like, dang, college teams going. We won last season. We would have thought, you know, we would have already had our visit. Yeah, and we were annoyed because we're like, oh well, we should have like the whole experience, but they're they're like lumping it into our trip when we go to <laughs> DC. Ah, uh, we already went in college, so like I'm not pressed about it. Like I don't have to championships.
1: Do ain't nothing new to you, so you ain't even tripping <laughs> on that. I didn't been there, done that. I didn't. I know where the bathrooms is. Like, I went when Obama
2: was there, so I'm not tripping on going when nobody else is there. But oh,
1: like that. Yeah, let's get political, Sid. I'm with you. This... <laughs>
2: but for first timers, first timers, they should have a whole experience. But you know, it is what it
1: is. Are you allowed to go back to the White House? I feel like you would have done something the first time where they probably put you on some kind of like probationary list or something.
2: That's how you feel.
1: That is a little how I feel. Did you do something after the when you went to visit the White House when you won the national championship in college? But this before you felt like you know you can get away with this kind of stuff that you the shenanigans that you pull? Or
2: I say yeah, social media wasn't like that big, then, okay. so I wasn't really
1: you was behaving.
2: People weren't really hip to me being nuts. Yeah,
1: okay. Much. So now that we know that you're a lunatic and you're and you get to go to the White House, what it, do you have something planned? Cuz I don't I feel like I know you enough to know there's got to be something brewing in your mind to be like, yo, I'm not finna let this moment just pass me by without doing something.
2: I'm going to do a lot. Okay. I don't know what it is though. Yeah, I don't have a plan for Asia. Asia has some stuff planned already that she told me, and the TikToks that she wants to do are uh, crazy.
1: I can't wait. I'm not going to lie. But at the same time, do you guys even want to go to the White House? Be honest. Is there a place you'd rather go? Like, Because I feel like the White House is a little played out, and I'm maybe this is spoken as someone who hasn't even come close to ever winning a championship. So maybe that has a lot to do with it. <laughs> you ain't got to laugh so hard. That, that, that wasn't even that funny. <laughs> I just said way funnier stuff. For you to be uncontrollably not being able to breathe, is, because it's the way you said it. I like, feel the way. how are you
2: over it? And you haven't been. You are like it's played out, but you.
1: Haven't. <laughs> <laughs> but I've never experienced it. Okay, I I get it from that perspective. But I feel like if I did win a championship, like I wouldn't be clamoring to go to the White House. I would want to be like I'd rather get like a a paid trip for you know. 80 from of my teammates to go to like carnival in Jamaica so, or something or like you know Barbados. Let's go to Barbados and carnival with Rihanna. Let Rihanna host us at carnival in Barbados and then line right. that up with the Bi- Biden's in the White House. It is not even close who I'm picking.
2: You're right. You're not wrong. I would much prefer to go see. You know what? Okay, I would like to go see Tim's. I would like to go see Tim's perform overseas. Like, there you go.
1: Of- A guest of Tim's. That would be perfect. Or I'm trying to go see Adele. Yes, she she was in Vegas, wasn't she? She's
2: in Vegas
1: And you would rather just go to Adele Vegas and go to the That's what I'm saying. So that tells me that there's a there's a system here that is broken and needs to be revamped. you know what I'm saying? Like it's not half the team don't even go anymore. They're like, yeah, now nah, we cool. Yeah, I'm good on it. You know what I'm saying? So maybe when you win a championship as a team, you guys should all vote for the thing that you want to do, the life changing experience you actually care about, and then go get yeah. to do that.
2: Okay. I'm gonna tell my the owners and like everybody that you said that, and then I'll let you know what they say.
1: Yes. Please do. Please do. Um did you did you get to see any of the, the uh, you weren't on our, our show last week and we talked about the Nuggets Championship parade. Did you get yeah. to see any of the parade? Uh
2: only a little bit. Like I saw clips like on social media.
1: Yeah. And stuff. Uh, well, I, I had to ask you because again, I was on here with a mean, and a mean no no, no about no parade, no championship parade. We, we both in here just just looking at it all on Twitter. So what is it like when you win a championship, like and you go through that parade? Like, is it is it as fun as it looks? Because you know, the Joker was like, Oh, I don't want to do this, I got others, I want to go see my horses. And but then you see the clip from the parade, and it looked like he was having the time of his life. Like there was not a place he'd rather it was the happiest we've ever seen him on any video in his entire career is it no. is, is it really that fun
2: no it was it was really fun like they had given us like the route that we were going to take on the strip and it was like pretty short on the bus so we were thinking like oh this is about to be some bs you know how they do WNBA teams like this parade not about to be nothing
1: mm.
2: and i tell you when we got there like we arrived on a bus together anyways from like the apartments where we stay uh-huh. and then we- when we were driving up to the like actual like double decker buses that we were going to be on, there were people for like miles and we were like, Oh damn, like this is really about to be
1: a something. parade.
2: You know, so we have been, people have been drinking yeah, drinking cigars. Like it was, it, it really was lit. Like it was way more than we were expecting. I think cause our expectation was pretty low uh-huh. it's by so much, but even if our expectations have been a little higher, like it was still, it was incredible. It really was
1: incredible that that sounds incredible like the thing about a, a championship parade this this is where I'm envious it's not I don't that's why I don't care to go to the White House the parade is what I'm jealous of because yeah. there's not a lot of opportunities for athletes to be publicly inebriated drunk you know depending on what state you in you could probably have a little bit of the Mary J you know like yeah. you could do you could act a fool <laughs> and everybody loves it like it does not matter Tom Brady who is like, if he ran for president, he would probably win. He was hammered, throwing the trophy over to the, the, the bay in Tampa. Like, he didn't care. It's like, I envy that. And I also want to tell athletes, that when you, when you guys win it again this year, you got to make sure you tell the young players to take advantage of that, even if they're not drinkers. I don't condone any of, like, you know, peer pressure. But that is a, a, a rare instance. Like, you can rope it in a better way of saying it than I am. Like, just enjoy yourself is a good way to say it. But I'm just saying that is the part that I, I envy the most.
2: Kids, when y'all win, you need to do drugs. You need to, <laughs> you need to have a good time.
1: Yeah. that is. You don't
2: want to remember this night? Let the video show you what you did.
1: Yeah, find out the next day. Let us tell you what happened. You know yeah. what I'm saying? J.R. Smith uh, took his shirt off for seven days.
2: I'm going to take my shirt off, too, because I don't really have a chest anyway, so I feel and like I you, can get away with go
1: it. Go ahead. You better be tatted the same way. Otherwise, I'm not retweeting it. I'm telling you that right now. Uh, Sid, did you watch the NBA draft?
2: No, man. We had a— Oh, yeah, had a game? Yeah.
1: You think Wimby's going to be any good?
2: Yeah, I think so. I mean, he's so—I'm I'm curious to see what uh, happens with his body. I didn't yeah. watch enough of—what was the guy's name who was just drafted last year to OKC? He went to Gonzaga— Chet,
1: Chet, yeah. Oh, Chet, Home Home green. green. yep, Holmgren, yep.
2: I didn't watch enough of their season to see how he did, but, like, his frame reminds me of his, and I yeah. feel like they're similar height, right? But yep. I don't know, I feel like the dude is skilled. I haven't seen, like, a ton of, like, clips or game footage, so I, I don't know his game for real. But just at his size, what I've seen him do, I'm just like...
1: Yeah, it seems like it. it is going to work out. Like, every there's so much hype around him. They say he's the most hype prospect since LeBron James. Which is crazy because yeah. this is the 20th year anniversary of that draft. And I think LeBron is the only player still playing. Think about that. Uh-huh. Think about LeBron's draft and everyone getting drafted. At least if you're like me. Everyone that got drafted behind LeBron was like, I'm, I'm going to show them. I'm going to show them I should have been there. And none of them did. <laughs> not, not, not a single one of them actually was come anywhere near close to the hype that they gave LeBron. I hope that this. I hope that's the same history we say about Wimby.
2: Yeah, no. I mean, I would love for us to be able to witness like another... Generational type player, you know, because the way people talk about LeBron and like, you know, you, like people just hate to hate instead of just appreciate yeah. what you're witnessing. Like, I want to see somebody like that.
1: But I don't think I don't think people will appreciate Wimby. This is my hot take on Wimby I don't think people will appreciate his greatness if he's really great. I think it'll be roped in. He's cheating because he's really tall, right? It's like, you know, what I'm saying like if I like it's like when I go play with my my son and his friends in basketball and I lower the hoop. I am yeah. Wimbenyama, and I, I get I get my buckets off the same way. You
2: should, like, you should be them.
1: Uh, uh, yeah, it's like No one respects it. You know what I'm saying? I feel like not that nobody will respect his game because he moves and you know, you know, the athleticism that he has, at that size, and if he's able to be durable and he's able to put on weight the way that you're saying, like, it's going to be really fascinating to watch. But there is such an advantage because he's eight feet tall. Like, he has a wingspan of 110 feet. Like, it's like yeah, no, duh, like you should be able to do this. I don't think we're gonna marvel like, oh, he's such a great player, he's so skilled, he's so all these things, and I think hopefully he has a personality like the Joker because he's gonna have to not care about what people say. <laughs> that, and that's a reality.
2: That's accurate though. Yeah, I don't know, I feel like the physicality is gonna be up the jump, I think you're gonna see. Cause probably somebody like him, they're not gonna have him play in Summer League, so you're not gonna see him until. To the season. Mm-hmm.
1: But so LeBron, when he came in, it was like questions. He was obviously super athletic. He was super skilled. They said he was the next Michael Jordan. But people are like, oh, you have to prove that. Like when they look at Wimbenyama, like everybody who's really tall, or really big in all of sports, it's like, oh, you should be this good. And I yeah. think that's something he's going to have to contend with. But we'll talk more about the NBA draft in just a minute.
2: Got the base.
1: So you heard it here. Make sure we share this out on social. Sydney doesn't think Wimbenyama is going to be successful in the NBA. Um, But the second pick of the NBA draft, what, Sid?
2: What? When did I say that?
1: You have to, come on, you're in sports media now. You can't be scared of the takes. You have not given us anything spicy. And so if you don't, we're going to create it. Because we got to get these numbers up. Do you not know how this works?
2: Okay, fine, say
1: it. All right, Wimbanyama bust from Sidney Coulson. The number two overall uh, pick in the NBA draft was Brandon Miller. And they asked him about who he thought the GOAT was. And he had a very interesting answer. He said, LeBron James is the GOAT, but his GOAT was Paul George, in which I threw my phone across the room. So, Sid, what what is your take on uh, Paul George being a GOAT? Now, I don't want to say this in a disrespectful way to Paul George. Paul George is a very good basketball player, one of the, the better players of this generation. But by GOAT standards, it's hard to argue that he is mid- by the GOAT standard, right? Like a standard that I don't even come close to. I, I'm okay with that. You know, if, if if somebody told me, like, "Hawk, man, you the GOAT to me, I'm like, number one, you're cap. And yeah, if you're not cap, like, I don't feel good about your actual ability. So my question <laughs> around Brandon Miller is, is there anything we can take from that statement that we should be, like, maybe looking out for in his own game or – lack thereof in certain areas, Sydney, Or am I tripping?
2: Well, it's interesting because he's saying he's a GOAT, but, like, didn't Paul George say that he was, like, not the guy, like, not that long ago?
1: He like, was like, he, I don't want to be the guy.
2: <laughs> I don't want to be, yeah. And usually, you know, like, the GOATs aren't saying that. Like, nah. they're the guy. Everybody thinks they're the guy. But I can, like, I will say, I understand somebody said, <laughs> I'm number two. I'm cool with them. <laughs> I can see people... Um, like patenting their game after somebody and like yes. looking up to somebody like mm-hmm. that might be what he did he watched him a lot and mirrored his game tried to do the things that he did so like i get that you look up to the person but i just think the verbiage probably has to be def- different like yeah. it's your personal goat but probably nobody is like picking you know pg for a goat
1: right yeah if You look at
2: championships a lot of people they measure it differently though like do you look at people got to win rings to you or if they're just an individual talent, like.
1: I think, I think for me, if you're the greatest of all times, or you're even calling somebody the greatest of all times, you have to say either you're the goat or you're the goat at this thing. Right now. If someone said like, yo Hawk, you're the goat route runner. I would be like, you're not wrong. Cause I was like that. Right. Like there's, I don't care who what accolades, ain't nobody getting out them breaks like I am, Sid. You know what yeah. I'm saying? But you gotta, you gotta be very specific. So if sure. if Paul George is your GOAT, and it's like, yeah. yo, for me, the greatest of all times is Paul is Paul George. Like that's a wild statement. Like that's like, yo, if yo, know, I respect everything that Jay-Z has done, but for me, to me, the greatest of all times is Jay Quan. Like, you're gonna look at me like, what? <laughs> like.
2: You're it, huh?
1: You know what I'm saying? Like, everybody in the club getting tipsy. It's going to be, you're going to judge me. You're not going to judge Jaquan. You're going to be yeah. like, yo, something is wrong with you. So for Brandon Miller, that's my question, because now you're going to be, you're go, you're about to be the guy. They want you to be the guy where you're at. Like, so if you're attaining to be the level of Paul George, for some people, that's just not high enough. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's And that's my problem with his statement.
2: Yeah, I feel you. It's a mindset thing. Now they got to worry about his mental state.
1: Exactly. Now we got to have you talking to the team psychiatrist because we got to make sure you can pull through. You know what I'm saying? He trying to make it to
2: the second round of the playoffs.
1: Yeah. It's like you got to come on, man. I need you to think higher of yourself. And again, Paul George is an incredible player. And I honestly think Paul George will leave. He'll retire with a with a ring. I think he'll get in the right situation. But what Paul George himself does, he does not want to be the guy. Right. Like it's like it's just. That's not as comfortable for him, and that's okay. He's an incredible player, so it was just an interesting. It was an interesting take, is all I'm saying there. Say the least. More interesting takes. Uh, Kobe Buffkin, which is I think my favorite name in NBA draft. That's a good one, right? Am I wrong? And that's it. It is a good one. <laughs> that's it. That's a great one. Well, he got drafted by Atlanta, and they asked him like, you know, um, what his thoughts were, and he made a lot of noise because of his first public comments was he said, "I noticed a lot of traffic." I'm not looking forward to the traffic and the humidity and the roaches. And that is, that is an interesting way to describe the city that you're now calling home, a city that is going to be rooting for you. I know a lot of Atlanta Hawks fans, and they weren't excited about it. So yeah. he's he's getting a lot of flack for that, should he be?
2: Yeah, because it's just like, you know that they're going to ask about the city. Have something. <laughs>
1: prepared. But are we, like, shying kids away from being honest? If that's what he worries about, if he's a, if he's a pessimistic person. I'm a little pessimistic. I'm a glass glass half empty type of dude. I ain't going to lie to you. I see the problems before I see the good things and everything, right? And so, I got a cousin that lives in Atlanta. And he got roaches. So I can't even like be mad. <laughs> I can't be mad at, at Buffkin because he's telling the truth.
2: One, why did you even mention your <laughs> your cousin's <laughs> situation? A lot of people can have roaches in a lot of places. And there were just other things you could talk about. All right, just like stick to the traffic. It was just mad random. I like it. I like it. It was just, it was weird. It I like weird answers
1: though. What if he said, I'm looking forward to the strip clubs? What <laughs> would that would we would we then be like, would it still be an issue? Or would it be like, oh no, now you're you're still being too honest, man. Just just be like, I'm looking to meet my teammates and my coaches and, and winning a championship. Is that what you want, Sid?
2: That's not what I want. That's usually what they give, but this is more interesting. This is more fun. Maybe he's got a personality. Like, maybe he's like, let me get his answer. Yeah. I know they talk about
1: this. He probably follows you on social media and he said, like, What would what would Sid Colson say? Because that, that is a very you. Sid Colson type of answer.
2: Probably follows you.
1: <laughs> All right, we're going since we're on the NBA draft, let's keep it going. Scoot Henderson, he gets drafted by the Portland Trailblazers. And he basically makes his public plea to have Dame stay. We talked a lot about um Dame Lillard. Uh, you like to call him Dame Dash sometimes. Um,
2: <laughs> Who talked, is you?
1: <laughs> we talked a lot about Dame Lillard and whether he's going to stay in Portland or not. And Scoot is like, "Yo, he thinks their dynamic duo could put the the, the, the franchise over the top." But then he goes and gets the number double zero.
2: <laughs>
1: now I feel Very like passive,
2: passive aggressive.
1: It feels a little passive aggressive. But what is your what is your reaction to Scoot? Getting Debra zero when Dame Lillard clearly wears number zero. Is it like? Give me it, your thoughts. Like, what do you what do you feel?
2: It sounds like, yeah, man. I'm I'm excited to play with him. Love his game. We could be good together. But at the same time, I'll help him pack if he got a problem. <laughs> help his family pack. He can get up out of here. Like that was. It was like in the same breath you said both things. So it's almost like you don't care about him staying.
1: Yeah, it's like because it's basically the same number. Right, like there's not going to be two stars on a team, one number zero and number double zero. Right. That is that's a weird thing. Like how do you how do you imagine going into the Portland Trail Blazers team shop, and they're selling two jerseys, and there's double zero, and then there's zero, and like those are the. It's like
2: he's trying to trying to big dog game. Like I got double zero, big balls. You got (laughs) one (laughs) one testicle. Or, or,
1: one testicle,
2: or you look at it like, okay, we got double zero, and then Dame wears zero. You turn that, that's a snowman. It could be that Dame is gonna be out of Portland because it's too cold. He's gonna be moving to Mm. a city that's
1: hot. See, this is these are the the conversations that basketball Illuminati is scared to have.
2: That's what I'm saying. They're not talking about it,
1: nobody's talking about this, and they're trying to stop it. They're trying to silence you. Only on Journeyman you get these real takes. That's real. That's that's a fact. So so you agree with me that I, Scoot probably doesn't want Dame really in Portland. He wants that spot. He, sure. Yeah, he came for the spot. He says all the right things in, the, in public, but then, you know, he does moves like that. I wonder what Dame was if going dame, through Dame If line. Dame
2: leaves, I bet it's going to be a diss track, too. I
1: want that to be a Oh, you don't want no beef with – Scoot don't want no uh, rap beef with Dame. Yeah.
2: But I want it. We
1: want it. We want it. The people want it for sure. I actually, I don't. I actually hate when athletes rap. I'm be honest with you.
2: Dame can-,
1: Dame can really rap, but that's one out of maybe 200 that rap. <laughs> so you're looking at a 0. 0.50 percentage <laughs> of good bars every time. And that is a fact. Do you know any good athlete rappers besides Dame? Name them. Like real rappers that you're like, yo, I would I play their music and I enjoy it.
2: I know there's somebody else.
1: Yeah, you keep thinking about it. My problem with with, with athlete rappers is that, yes, rappers have chains. Yes, rappers boast money, and athletes also have those things. But that does not mean that you can actually rap or flow.
2: Iman didn't Shump rap. Shump
1: can rap. Shump can spit. Shump can spit. Yeah, Iman can rap. I'll leave it at that. He can rap. That's true. So that's two. Like Shaq went platinum. Shaq can't rap. Rap. Shaq can't rap, bro. Carl is in the, in the studio saying Shaq can rap. Like.
2: I'm like, who are you looking at that's disagreeing?
1: <laughs> and you're shocked. You're shocked that somebody that I'm looking at off screen is disagreeing. And it's Carl. Shaq is not nice. Shaq is a nice guy. Shaq keep buying Home Depots every time he sees a baddie go viral on Instagram. Shaq, Shaq cannot rap, though. DJ, oh my gosh. The Diesel... And maybe that's the problem. Maybe it's me. Maybe I got a high standard for hip hop that other people meet at the shack level. What about Iverson? Have you have you seen Iverson rap, Carl? Yeah, no. Iverson's trash. Okay. All right, we agree there.
2: Master P. Master P.
1: Master P is not an athlete.
2: He was he was an NBA for
1: a week. That old that was a still
2: got there. he still got there though. That
1: was a make a rapper program. Oh, I don't know what that was. J. Cole. J Cole, all right. We need to, This is this is this is actually helping my case.
2: Okay, it's getting out of here
1: because <laughs> it's getting out of here. Because J Cole, I love J Cole. All right, J Cole is a phenomenal hip hop artist. Can we be honest on Journeyman and say that J Cole cannot hoop? I want you to say it. I want you to say it out of your mouth that J Cole should not have been playing professional basketball. Who's
2: trying to get me to say
1: something? Because I want you to be honest. I'm being honest. I, it's uncomfortable for me too. I don't want J Cole to hear this and be like, oh, that's the podcast that talked about my basketball. But you can't tell me when you looked at those highlights from the, the Basketball Africa League, you was like, oh, man, J. Cole is out there. He's a bucket.
2: I'm about to log off of this. Okay. All
1: right. Up. See, now they put me out on the island, right? <laughs> <laughs> Just because people want to be the best at everything, it's my fault. Now, I'm I'm the person that talks to me I'm the much. bad guy. I'm and the I'm, bad guy. All right, well. We'll talk more basketball when we come back in a minute. So I think a topic that is a gift that keeps on giving, Sid, is Kevin Durant, one of the best players in the history of the league, one of the most skilled players ever. Like, it does not matter what era you put him in, what team he is on, it is hard to find anybody who is more skilled at the game of basketball than Kevin Durant, at his size his uh, his fluidity as an athlete, his shooting ability, his ability to dribble, his understanding, his basketball IQ, like literally you cannot game plan for someone with that kind of ability. But the thing that like strikes me is that for whatever reason, my dog cares so much about what people say, specifically on Elon's platform. There was a Twitter Spaces going on about called I think KD isn't top 5 where they were arguing that Kevin Durant is not a top five player in the NBA. So KD, I guess, was scrolling on his Twitter, on his tweets, which he has a tendency to do sometimes, like we all do, every once in a while. And instead of um, doing what I would think someone like KD does, which is look at it and then scroll past, KD joins the Twitter spaces, and he starts making his case of why he is top five, with a bunch of people who don't know basketball nearly as much as KD. And that's always his point. Like, why why do you guys have an opinion that isn't as knowledgeable as mine, why do you think that it it deserves to be said out loud? Right? And again, I understand that. But at some point I I'm like, KD, man, you gotta just not care. You know, like that what's that uh quote they always put like over a lion on Instagram when somebody, you know, is talking stuff and then you want to show somebody that you're just so unbothered. What is it? The lion don't don't care about the opinions of sheep. Lions don't you know the corny quotes we all put up on our Instagram stories when 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 our like our fake friend makes us mad in a group chat or something and you gotta make it seem like you don't care, but you want him to also kinda see it type of thing. That's KD, I feel like a little bit. And you as a professional basketball player, Sid, what is your opinion on KD's inability to not give a damn what people say on Twitter?
2: Um, it's like I I'm I'm of the same like I'm I'm having the same opinion as you the it's wild like see somebody talking I get even if he like stumbled upon it and was just maybe in there listening on one of his burners but to actually get into that spaces and become a speaker on there is wild (laughs) because imagine if he was just doing that like all day (laughs) every day of his life just always like Interrupting people wherever they are, like you're just with your friends at the movies <laughs> talking about KD, and all of a sudden he appears and he's like giving his feedback, or like just in the comforts of your home, and then KD. <laughs> KD's outside walk- your window, like stereotype shit. Just walks but, out the
1: pantry. It was like I, you're not even thinking about offensive efficiency. See, that's where you're wrong. See, you talk you talk about protecting the rim and everything around the rim. Right, Everybody add it
2: to the skits. Add it to the skit.
1: Oh my gosh, please. Add that to the skits, cause these these things just they they record themselves. That's a million view skit. Yeah,
2: that's it's crazy. It's Easy. crazy to hop in faces. I don't care how wrong they are. It's wild to hop in.
1: <laughs> yes. Okay. So we're on the same page, and I get. I want people at home to understand that too. Like it's not, cause I think from a fan's perspective, they're like, yo, this is wild that one of the best basketball players ever continues to you know defend himself to to randos. It's crazy for professional athletes, too. And maybe, I don't know, this could be a situation like we talked about with the parade may, or like the White House. Maybe I don't understand the hoopla around the White House because I'm never coming close to the White House. I'm not getting that invite. I'm not, I have no chance to be in, up in there. They probably do have me on a band list for a lot of reasons. So maybe this is a situation where we don't understand what it's like to be KD. But from our perspective, maybe we're closer to the fan than we are to be in KD to like you got to just let this one ride, man. At some yeah. point, you got to just be okay. And also, Twitter's not even hot like that no more. I'll be honest <sighs> with you. I mean, I'm a Twitter person. I've been on Twitter since early 09. Like I'm I made a lot of my hay on Twitter. Like people, I'm on this show now. If there was no Twitter, I would not be hosting this show at the moment. So I want everybody to understand how invested into the platform I have been and even now, days with in the Elon era of Twitter, It ain't hitting like it used to be. So for KD to still be on that, they need to give my man equity or something. Something because like this is Twitter needs this. They need KD jumping into Twitter spaces that are named about himself.
2: Yeah, yeah. To stay afloat and stay relevant. No, that's facts.
1: Yes. Uh, Speaking of Twitter, our guy Marcus Smart was traded to the Memphis Grizzlies that completed the Porzingis trade to get him to Boston. And which is all good—that's basketball and all the things. I think the weird thing was like less than a half a day earlier they had like a a, a Marcus Smart hype video from the Boston Celtics Twitter account, and everyone thought it was weird that they were hyping him up, and then only to trade him a couple of hours later. Does that does that stoke anything in you? Is that like do you think that was just like really really weird timing? Uh, do you think it was, it was just, just like spook. cruel? Someone you love, like they're you know Boston fans love Marcus Smart. Was it like a? Kind of, let's show them love before we ship them up out of here. Or what do you think it is?
2: It was like the Scoot Dame situation. Like, yeah. (laughs)
1: Frenemies type type stuff.
2: Uh, Yeah. And then do some weird backhanded stuff after. Like, very scary, very shady. But the Celtics organization, I'll never trust them again. After how they did Nia Long, after how they handled that situation, I'll never never have anything good What was your
1: biggest issue with how they handled Nia Long?
2: She said she didn't even receive a call, a text, anything from anyone. No correspondence to Nia along, Love Jones, Nia Long.
1: Love Jones, Nia Long. Soul
2: Food, Nia
1: along. Couldn't keep it at home. Thought I needed a Nia Long.
2: I'll, I'll never have a good thing to say
1: about it. Mm. I, I'm with you. I'm this with didn't you. shock
2: me. I guess what I'm saying is this didn't shock
1: me. You know, when someone shows you who they are, Sid, believe them. That's, what, that's also a good Instagram stories subliminal that a lot of people use on a, on a, on a very consistent basis. Now, I agree, man. And also, I would take it a step further. I would, I would say that the, the Celtics did this on purpose, and I'll tell you why. This is this is a tactic I use often, okay? <laughs> this is, I remember when I was, uh, I signed with the, the Cleveland Browns in an offseason. I was a I restricted free agent. Now, what that means is they offered me a term sheet, and I could sign it, but my old team, the Cincinnati Bengals, had a chance to match it, right? And so the Browns offered me a term sheet. I'm like, hey, I'm going to sign it basically the Bengals came out and said they were going to match it. And so I called the Browns back and I'm like, yo, man, I really appreciate it, dude. It's been, I, I appreciate your interest in me. You know, it's good, but you know, the Bengals they really want me, which is dope. You know, I like, it's good to be wanted, but I was gassing that up so I could get them to come make a well, bigger man. offer. Yeah. yeah, And it worked. Right. So it's yeah. like, you always want to show. So I think what the Celtics were trying to do is they were like, woo, Marcus smart. Boo. We so happy we have him. Type thing, right? Like, and they want to try to boost his value a little bit to get you to to, to pull the trigger on the deal. I also did that in media when I signed with uh, NFL Network after I left ESPN. And we were actually having conversations back and forth. And they were like, well, you know, I had, you know, my agent had his number, my number. And I was like, yo, I'm good to stay. And so I think I put up like an Instagram post of a show I just did with ESPN. I'm like, oh, I love it here.
2: (laughs) <laughs>
1: In the next ten hours, that the, the new deal was done. So I think this was just a, a a good old fashioned swindle, Sid. That's that's all that was a good old business swindle. You know what I'm saying?
2: I didn't even think about it like
1: that. He's so happy with this player. Like if we never get rid of him, we're good, right? That's of course within within half a day. My man was on his way to Memphis. Uh, what, I,
2: still, I still don't trust
1: him. Yeah, so, you yeah. can't trust him, man. Speaking of not trusting, Gilbert Arenas. Who has uh, the Gill the Gil podcast? No chill Gil, uh, which he is absolutely no chill. He is the definition of no chill. Yeah. He essentially came out and said he 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 thought as a player he was he was better than Kobe, um, which is again a wild take. No matter what the situation is, but uh, like to to I, there's so many players, and I don't know if it is you have on one hand guys like Brandon Miller. Being like my, you know, I hope to be as good as Paul George one day, right? Which is, again, it's not, that's not a bad thing when you're in high school. The moment you get drafted, you got to understand like this is now a different, it's a different test. You got to, you can't come out and be like that. And then you got players like my man Gil saying, yo, I was better than Kobe. Or or my man Cat saying, when I retire, people are going to say I changed the game. And again, I'm a casual basketball fan. I don't know if these things are true. So I have to come to you, Sid, and say, (laughs) is Gilbert Arenas better than Kobe Bryant? And and did Cat change the game of basketball forever?
2: Gilbert was nice, though.
1: Dumb nice. Dumb nice. But was he better than Kobe? I didn't ask you if he was nice.
2: I I wouldn't have said, but when you got guys at that level, I will say people, like, you got to have a mindset that you – Mm-hmm. Were even as ridiculous as it might be, if you were really, really nice, and if you went up against Kobe, and you feel like you gave Kobe work, mm-hmm. like, or whatever, gave the team work, people should, like, people don't automatically just have to bow down to people okay. just because everybody else feels that they were the shit. They're like, well, shit, I'm the shit too. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm not mad at it, but Carl Anthony Towns, I don't know what... <laughs>
1: I don't know what he meant by that. <laughs> <laughs> so, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let me back this up. And you know what, you changed my perspective on the guilt thing. You're right. This is this is a peer, this is someone he played against, he battled with, he got tapes to say, like, yo, I was holding my own. I think I was better, right? And he thought that in the moment, and he thinks it now. I'm good with that. And you said players should be confident. They should have that. And I agree, athletes, there has to be that kind of certain oomph to you to be like, yo, I'm, I'm ready to take it all on. You got to have that irrational confidence. And then in that same breath, you say, but Kyra Anthony Towns. Shut your ass up. <laughs> <laughs> because there has to be a line somewhere. Are we is that is that an accurate assessment?
2: Because now we just saying anything. Because now it's just
1: clicks. now we just want clicks. And that's a whole different ballgame that we're not into, right?
2: I don't get it. I don't know. Maybe he means who he's dating. Like maybe he I don't know. <laughs>
1: he changed the but game.
2: I don't know what his roster has been. Yeah. Maybe
1: we need more statistics. Maybe it's somewhere that we're not talking about. He okay. said he's the best shooting big man in the history of the NBA. He said that? Yeah, he said that. Maybe the producers can give me some information that I don't know, but I've never considered him that way.
2: He I don't, said, Okay, they said technically he is the best three-point shooting
1: big man. Ever. Now, okay, so is that wrong for him to make that assertion, to be like, yo, he changed the game? Because he was the best at shooting the three for a big right. man.
2: But. I don't think that it's changed the game. I'm not sure how it has changed the game. You can be Mm -hmm. a very good three point shooter, but it doesn't mean that you've now revolutionized basketball or done something different. Like, but like what Steph Curry did, what Steph Curry has done with his shooting, Mm -hmm. that changed the game because you saw, you saw the change in like high school players, Mm -hmm. like middle, like where people pull up from in college, like People yeah. weren't doing stuff like that. They weren't working on those shots, but big men just stepping out to shoot a three. That's not, that hasn't changed the game. right? That just, you just have a high shooting percentage.
1: Yeah. You started to play your game because Steph Curry changed the game and you, would be like, Yeah, trickle would down be like was you now shot, going to shoot threes.
2: Yeah. Like if he shot, let's say he shot 35, let's say 38% from the three this year. Okay. If Dirk or like Kevin Love, one of them, if they shot 36, Mm-hmm. you didn't change the game you just shot a better percentage i like that that is that you know, is
1: spot on spot on here's an accolade for you of said, because i think you gotta you gotta i have to school you sometimes of who i am as an athlete too when i retired from the nfl i was the leading all-time receiver of any receiver under five eight in nfl history okay. yeah that's that's true now there wasn't very many that is the other part of that that is not said but I did not change the game, right? I was just, I just had a lot for a little guy, right? <laughs> All right. Speaking of NFL, we got some NFL talk when we get back.
2: Yes, y'all. And we don't stop.
1: All right, let's get into some NFL news. Sid, I know you're a big NFL fan. Am I right about that? Yeah. Of course. Uh, the Buffalo Bills, they got, they got some trouble in paradise. Uh, their leading receiver, Stephon Diggs, and their quarterback, Josh Allen, seem to have a little riff going on. They, they, they don't seem to be getting along. Now, typically in the NFL, this is usually about money. One player wants to get paid. The other player has already gotten paid. And there's just a little bit of, hey, you got your money. Stay off my back until I get mine type of thing. But this doesn't seem to be the case here. And that's disheartening for a lot of NFL fans because the Buffalo Bills have a really good team, specifically because these two have been such a dynamic and incredible duo. But now there's trouble in paradise. And in my experience, when there's trouble in paradise that way, you know, it's the inevitable is probably going to happen. There's going to be a breakup. There's going to be issues. There's been a lot of issues and news and Josh Allen confirming that him and Stefan Diggs have been having trouble. Stefan Diggs is in Paris for fashion week. He's, you know, he's living his rock star lifestyle. And it seems, again, there's just a differing opinion of priorities between the two and they can't get on the same page. So yeah. my question to you is, A, have you like legitimately seen where two of your teammates have had like two of the I would say leading ability teammates of yours have had rifts or uh, a loss in chemistry, and where that's resulted in anything positive happening with the team?
2: Mm-mm. No, never positive outcome. Outcome in the in the situations wouldn't even be that bad for real, but. Pride, like, wouldn't let people move, like, one person move on from it or somebody thought they were right. And, yeah, it just wouldn't work out. Didn't work out. Like, I think there's also the element, a lot of the times, like, the things that, as stereotypical as it might be, they're, like, women will hold on to stuff longer sometimes. And you'll think that people moved on, but then you see little stuff. It's like, ah, oh, no, you really didn't. Mm. And maybe men are like that, too, but I know, they are. like...
1: No, I was gonna I say, this is, this, is, this is why I love... Uh, the dynamic we have here on journeyman because people do say that and i can promise you everything you're saying is spot on even on the men's side of sports probably i would say more but again that's probably from my kind of shaded view of that I'm always in men's locker rooms and i can see those riffs happening right
2: yeah so you feel like men will look like they got over something but then you also see petty stuff or- oh
1: yeah Oh, yeah. And it's typically those personalities. Like, what happens is, and, and Stefan Diggs is an incredible receiver. He's one of my favorite receivers in the league. He's been one of the top receivers in the NFL. But what happens is, even in success, and this is across any industry, any profession, any, you know, gender or whatever, it's it's yeah. whenever there's success, there has to be a someone who gets credit for that success,
0: yeah. right? So yeah. even
1: in that, in this earlier stage where when Josh Allen – First started to come into his own. It was when Stephon Diggs became his wide receiver, and it was like, oh man, Stephon Diggs has really ignited the ability of Josh oh. Allen. Well, now Josh Allen is the cover of Madden. He's doing all these things, and now they're successful. And now that he's gotten his money and he's viewed as a top quarterback, it's less about like people giving the credit to Stephon Diggs. And I don't know if that is the you know the the, the foundation of the rift. But I, I, in my opinion, I feel like that's probably has something to do with the, the contention between the two of them. Right? It's like, because they're both successful. Like, yeah. they're both statistically two of the best. Everyone would consider them the best at their position. They're winning. They haven't won a Super Bowl, but they've come really close. So it's like, even with the success and the way that you guys have turned around a franchise, there has to be something that is ego driven or um, pride involved because the other stuff doesn't track or make sense. It'd be different if Stephon Diggs didn't have a great statistical season or. Josh yeah. Allen wasn't considered a top quarterback, and they were like, oh, you're blocking us from our greatness. They're both great. So that's think that's why the rest of the fans and us are trying to question of like, well, what's really going on? Like, is there something else that we don't know about? Is this a situation where there's some personal drama that maybe we're not privy to? Otherwise, it probably is pride and ego.
2: So was Josh, Josh Allen like as talked about or as big before Stephon Diggs became his receiver?
1: No, he wasn't. He wasn't, but then you so know,
2: Stephon it, Diggs as talked about before he went to that team.
1: Yeah, he was. He was pretty good where he was at before. And but the thing about it is, it's like you know, it's, this is sports though. It, these are the conversation that you have because you don't under you don't know what raindrop is going to start the flood. When Stephon yeah. Diggs came, he came at the time when you know really good quarterbacks typically ascend to be really good quarterbacks. And even if Stephon Diggs left, Stephon Diggs was good everywhere he went. Josh Allen yeah. was pretty good before Stephon Diggs got there. But as you know, yeah. once you taste success, once you have experience, what you know how, if Stephon yeah. Diggs leaves, Josh Allen still will be really, really good. And Stephon yeah. Diggs will go somewhere and be really, really good. And it still doesn't say of, you know, who made who. And it might not be as simple as that. Right. But it's.
2: Like yeah, because, I mean, in, in football, too, y'all have so many other pieces. Like people got to block well. Exactly. For quarterback to be good. They need somebody that can catch or run routes well. They need you. They need
1: you. They they need under five, eight receivers that are changing the game too. That's a big that's a big big part of it, right? So you know But if
2: Stephon Diggs, but if Stephon Diggs went somewhere else and thrived and Josh Allen lost him and still had the same team otherwise, let's like let's say all the other pieces really remain the same, but Stephon mm-hmm. Diggs left, then I mean you could make the case then that yeah. Stephon Diggs yeah,
1: you, you can. You can. It, it's just, very similar to the Tom Brady, Bill Belichick thing. They had so much success. And then when they split, Tom Brady went on to have more success. And, yeah. and Bill Belichick has struggled. Now, is that to say it was all Tom? I don't know. Because, you know, someone had to say, you know, I, I see something in this Tom Brady guy, right? And that, that was Bill that did that. So I don't know. It's, it's, it's a very nuanced thing. One quarterback that probably nobody questions whether he's great or not is Pat Mahomes. And Mahomes has had a beef going with, of all places, Cincinnati, who I you know, I used to play there. It's very interesting to see a Kansas City versus Cincinnati beef, but it is Bruin. Because wow. uh, they have a quarterback named Joe Burrow. He's very, very good. And yeah. they asked Joe, hey, who is the best quarterback in the league? And he said, Pat Mahomes, until somebody knocks him off. Now, they, these two teams have battled in AFC championships the last couple of years. And they're like, for most people's account, like the, probably the top two uh, in the AFC, maybe even in the NFL. And then they asked... Joe Burrow's number one receiver, Jamar Chase, who he, you know, what was his thoughts around Joe Burrow saying Pat Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league? And he said Pat who? So he he kind of he kind of leaned in. Jamar Chase, he didn't care. He was like Pat who? And then I had Travis Kelsey up in a in a, in a tizzy, and you know, I think Pat Mahomes might have got his Super Bowl ring and said something back. And he said like That's who with his two Super Bowl rings on. So it's a little beef going back and forth here, which I think it's is funny
2: it. when people are like. Perceived as like kind of corny, but then they want to like have beef because people don't (laughs) even take. Even if
1: they're right, people are like, "Like, why are you beefing, bro? Chill." So I I mean, yeah, it's just an interesting beef going on like across team, but that competition is important. But it does seem a little watered down compared to like some of the. That's why I like the NBA because all their off the court stuff is like a lot more spicier than NFL off the court, off the off the field stuff. It's just like I feel like we'd be trying too hard and it just don't hit the same way. To be honest.
2: It's also so hard to me for y'all to like, to talk trash in football or like make comparisons because your offense goes against like y'all are not, y'all aren't battling like in basketball. We got ten people on the court. It's five on five. Uh-huh. We go play the offense against you, and then you got to defend us. Mm-hmm. Y'all y'all can't really talk trash to the other offensive right group because
1: we're not really there. we not really playing against each other. one
2: another. So how are you going to say with quarterback, like, well, if I was going against you, I would do this. But it's like, yeah, but you'll never defend me. It doesn't hit the same.
1: Right. And I, I completely agree. But there's like, there's pros and cons to each side. Because to your point, like, we can't really talk trash and, like, have, like, that kind of drama that basketball has because y'all are playing against each other and you got to right. defend me and I got to, you know, vice versa. Right. But then, like, when I see, like, the quote-unquote tough guys in the NBA, NFL yeah. players feel like that's corny. Because in yeah, the NFL, it's yeah. like, whenever there's beef, like we can we can physically handle What's this. Up? We're gonna yeah. get on the field, and we're gonna see we're gonna see who the winner is and who's the who's the tougher person. And so yeah. I always wonder, like, well, how do how do basketball players get the tough person mantra? Like, how does it work if you don't see if you don't fight? Like, we fight each other in locker rooms, even within a team. Like, we go in a locker room and we fist fight, and it's okay. Or we on the field, we fist fight each other. Like all problems get handled immediately in football. It's my favorite thing about it. Like, I don't like you. You don't like me. Cool. Let's get physical. Uh, And at the end it was like, Oh, you was way stronger than me, man. My nose hurt. You know what I'm saying? you just let it, you move on to the next thing. Basketball. I don't feel like it's like that as much. Right.
2: Yeah, you're right. It's like the tough guy image. People are like, bro, nobody's taking that seriously.
1: Yeah. Pros and cons to everything. All right. My last point before we get out of here on this episode of journeyman, uh, Is it time we retire the gritty? Is the gritty done?
2: If you have to ask...
1: Yeah, probably. I'm always scared, like, because, you know, I don't... The thing about getting old is you don't know you're getting old. You think you're still uh, hip. You don't know, like, your timelines are also old because you think what you're looking at is the hip thing until, like, a young person tells you, like, yo, what are you doing? So I can tell you right now, I was dabbing for way too long. I was... (laughs) I was also hitting the the hitting them folks. I still think that that's like oh, a, no.
2: some of them are classic and timeless.
1: So that's that's an old person thing to say. Like that's your that's your gray hair talking because you think the folk hitting them folks is still good.
2: It's good. I'm <laughs> telling you, Asia is younger than me, and she be doing it. Like our our rookies still be doing it. Like you're good. You're
1: okay. Good with so I can still hit them folks. All right. So I feel like the gritty. I've seen there was a there was a video of a, of a tight end Mike Mike Kosicki. Probably the least hit person in all the NFL. And he hits the gritty all the time. So much so I've seen probably five to six different videos over the course of a year and a half of him doing the gritty. And I think that was the moment I was like, yo, this is dead. But it's also
2: did he it? <laughs>
1: huh?
2: if he created it, it's okay. No, if
1: he, he did dead. not create it. And it like was popular, it was made popular by another receiver, Justin Jefferson. And that is it, that is his signature dance. So if you're like signature dance is something that's out of style, what do you what do you do next? Like, how do you do? You keep going. Like, if you're his marketing rep, do you be like, "Yo, I know this is your thing. We gotta retire it," or yeah. does he just kind of keep doing it and being like, "Do you want to be the person still hitting the dab at the wrong yeah. time?"
2: It's a conversation. It's a tough one, but
1: mm-hmm. it
2: has to be had. Man, I think I, you either retire the dance or retire from the sport.
1: <laughs> that's the ultimatum. You either retire this dance or I quit. Yeah, yeah. that's. Everything must come to an end, Sid, is basically what you're saying. And so just like that, this this podcast must come to an end. That's it for this episode of Journeyman. Shout out to Sid Coulson for joining us. And make sure you guys journey back next week. And until then, drop down and get your ego.